I'd like to invite you to please turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We've already shared each week we take, each year, excuse me, we take time to, uh, on the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, celebrate the gift of life and to speak up for unborn children. Whenever we talk about this topic, uh, we remember several things, and I want to give them to you up front here. One, abortion transcends the political. So we are dealing here with the teaching of the Word of God. While we care greatly about laws in this area, we have no interest whatsoever in our gospel and our church being identified with any particular political leader or political party. We're dealing with an issue that transcends the political. Two, our pro-life engagement should be marked by convictional kindness. Convictional kindness. Three, the Bible represents a holistic vision of justice that is concerned with many areas of justice in society and values life from the womb to the tomb. And fourth, there is forgiveness in Christ for every sin, including abortion. There is no sin that is greater than the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. And when we deal with an issue like this, we need to stand on the rooftops and let all the world know that there is healing and hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Keeping those things in mind, I want to revisit a passage from earlier in Luke because it is one of the great pro-life texts in all of Scripture, proving the status and the value of life in the womb. And so Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. Our sermon title is, A Window into the Womb. This is God's holy and authoritative word. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women! And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. May God bless the preaching of his word. It was during uh, World War II, a man named Ian Donald served as a medical officer for the Royal Air Force in Britain. After the war, Ian Donald returned to his work as an OBGYN. Dr. Donald wanted to help solve breathing problems in premature infants, and he designed respirators for neonatal patients. 
1954, he began exploring ultrasound technology, which was similar to the sonar technology used during the war. His desire at the time was to learn about the development of unborn babies. There's a lecture that Dr. Donald gave in 1978 where he showed an audience on that particular occasion one of the very first live films of an unborn baby moving around in his mother's womb. He announced as he showed it, here's the baby, see how he jumps, this baby is about a 12-week pregnancy. The mother certainly cannot feel these movements, but there is no doubt about the reality. He worked at a maternity hospital in Glasgow, Scotland, using ultrasound images to care for women and their babies and to help change the minds of those considering abortion. And he said this at one point, in his life, if I have done nothing else in my life, I have killed that dirty lie that the fetus is just a nondescript, meaningless jelly, disposable at will, something to be got rid of. Ultrasound technology has provided us with a window into the womb. And science testifies to what scripture teaches, which is the personhood of life in the womb. The flicker of a heartbeat is visible at three weeks after conception. Around four weeks, the heart beats approximately 113 times per minute. The tiny buds of arms and legs appear at five weeks. Fingers and toes can be identified at seven weeks. Hiccups have also been observed at that time. By seven and a half weeks, the pigmented retina of the eye is seen. At eight weeks, you can see the child sucking his thumb. By 10 weeks, vital organs are functioning and the child has a fingerprint. By 11 weeks, the baby is almost fully formed. It is the miracle. It is the joy of human life. Fashioned by God himself, sacred, weak and helpless, made in the image of God. And just as an ultrasound gives a window into the womb, this passage in Luke 1 gives us a window into the womb of Elizabeth. It is earlier in verse 24 that we are told Elizabeth conceived. It's in verse 31 that an angel tells Mary that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son and the angel said you shall call his name Jesus and so Luke is dealing here with a description of two miraculous conceptions Elizabeth in her old age pregnant with John and Mary the virgin is pregnant with Jesus who is the son of God and the savior of the world both women are carrying the gift of human life in the womb and the angel had also informed Mary that Elizabeth was with child and so pregnant Mary, you may remember, travels to see her relative Elizabeth who was now six months pregnant. And we are told that 
at the sound of Mary's voice, the baby, John, leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth announces in verse 44, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. We've been studying and will resume next week John the Baptist's ministry in Luke chapter 3, there's a sense in which that ministry begins here in the womb as the baby leaps for joy. The main point of this passage is the joy that Jesus brings to all who recognize and receive him. If you are numbered among those who know the Savior, if you are numbered among those who see the Savior and have trusted in him, there is joy to be had. The arrival of the Messiah and the only Savior of the world makes sinners like you and me leap for joy. The gospel, the appropriate response to the arrival of Jesus is joy. And we rejoice because this conception points to a crucifixion and a resurrection and an ascension. He was given the name Jesus because he was born to die that sinners might be reconciled to a holy God. This child in Mary's womb is the Savior of the world. The most important thing about you is not what you believe about abortion, as important as that is, but what you believe about Jesus. Because being pro-life gets no one into heaven. Being, being pro-life wins no one acceptance with God. Or put differently, there will be many pro-life people who never set foot in heaven, and that is because they have never had the far more important conviction of eternal consequence that Jesus is the only hope of salvation. And so John Piper, in one of his Sanctity of Human Life sermons, says this, the most important thing that could happen this morning in this room is not that anyone become pro-life, but that everyone be justified before God by faith alone in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified and risen. This, you know, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, this is what we are about. What do you make of Jesus? Have you repented of your sin and put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins? He alone is the savior of the world. And I would also remind you that sinners of all kinds, including those of you who have had an abortion or participated in one, sinners of every kind can today experience something other than judgment and shame and condemnation. In fact, what if I told you you can leap for joy? What if I told you that joy is available and it's not because your sin isn't really that bad, it's because our Savior is really that glorious. All who confess their sin, all who look to Jesus can experience 
total forgiveness, can experience the removal of condemnation and the joy of eternal life. This is the heart of Christianity, the glorious message of salvation. There is an important secondary point in this entire narrative. So one, the joy Jesus brings. What do you make of him? Two, and the the point is this, one of the great biblical proofs for the personhood of all unborn children is found in this passage. Here God is declaring that, that every child in the womb is a unique person fashioned by the loving hand of God, made in his glorious image. And therefore, every life ought to be protected from the moment of conception. How do we see that in in Luke 1? In a a few ways. First, in chapter 1, verse 15, the angel told Zechariah that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. You know who in the Bible is filled with the Holy Spirit? In the Bible, only human persons are filled with the Spirit. And John will be filled with the Spirit in the womb. This means, according to God's word, unborn children are people. Second, when Luke and Elizabeth say in the passage that we read, the baby leaped for joy. It's there in verse 41, verse 44. Baby, that is the Greek word brephos, meaning infant or baby. It is the same word used of a child after he or she is born. Luke 2, 16, Jesus is a baby brephos, lying in a manger. Luke 18, 15, Luke says the people were bringing even infants, brephos, to Jesus, that he might bless them. What this means is that there is no fundamental identity difference or personhood difference between children when they are in the womb and when they leave the womb. Third, In verse 43, Elizabeth calls Mary the mother of my Lord. And that was very soon after Mary was pregnant. Already Mary is a mother and it is appropriate to greet her as such. She is the mother of my Lord in that moment. Here's a question. You may have never thought about this before. When did the incarnation begin? (laughs) When did God become man? It happened not when Christ was born, but when Christ was conceived. The Son of God took on human form, not just as a toddler and teenager and man, but in his embryonic life as well. So one theologian says the divine nature of God the Son was joined to the human nature of Jesus from the moment of conception in Mary's womb. From that moment on, conception, Mary was the mother of our Lord. Jesus was a person, a human person, before his birth in the womb. 
And so John Jefferson Davis, in his book, Evangelical Ethics, he writes, in the New Testament, the incarnation of Jesus Christ is a profound testimony to God's affirmation of the sanctity of prenatal life. His human history, like ours, began at conception. The significant point is that God chose to begin the process of the incarnation there at conception rather than at some other point, thus affirming the significance of that starting point, conception, for human life. The incarnation of the Son of God testifies to the sanctity of all human life in the womb. And then fourth and finally, evidence from this entire narrative concerning life in the womb is that the baby leaped for joy, which means that this child in the womb is hearing Mary's voice and somehow experiencing joy. In 2004, researchers at the University of Florida found that unborn children can distinguish their mother's voices from other voices and can distinguish music from mere noise. Another study, this was in Psychology Today in 1998, confirmed that babies in the womb hear and respond to their mother's voice and that it has a calming effect on them. In 2013, Science Magazine is uh, Science Magazine's an academic journal uh, of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. It's one of the, the world's top academic journals. 2013, Science Magazine published an article entitled Babies Learn to Recognize Words in the Womb. And it talks about how they even maintain memories of words and sounds after they are born. Elizabeth understood that this unborn baby in her womb is a human person with emotions filled with the Spirit, treasured by God, given a, a, a distinct purpose and mission in life for the glory of God. There in the darkness of Elizabeth's womb, little legs kicked for joy and a little body that was around 12 inches long and weighed two pounds was leaping for joy. It is because the Bible, not just here but throughout, so clearly teaches the sanctity and worth of all human life from the moment of conception that God is pro-life and that his people must be pro-life. Humble, gracious, courageous advocates for the unborn. And not only that, I would say, if you want to be pro-science, if you want to be pro-equality, if you want to be pro-women, if you want to be pro-justice, then you must of necessity be pro-life. We hear some people say, what about women's rights? Don't you care about women's health? To which we say, yes. And if our nation really cared about women and women's health as we should, then we would stop killing tiny women in the womb and we would stop encouraging women toward decisions that will traumatize and scar them 
and we would protect women from a systemically unjust industry that preys upon them in the name of health care and choice and all the other euphemisms for violent death of helpless children. We are pro-women, and that's part of what it means to be pro-life. And you might say, well, what if a baby is conceived in undesirable circumstances? Undesirable circumstances. The, the response to this from the Christian must be to grieve. And it must be to do so with hearts full of compassion. We also need to say that no matter what the circumstances are in which a human life has been conceived, the answer, the way forward, is never found in killing the baby. And it needs to be said that doing so will only increase sorrow and trauma. It will bring no healing. Friends, we have received a window into the womb, both in God's word and through the marvel of modern ultrasound technology. The, the images of the unborn children that we have today are remarkably realistic. This is the reason people hang them on the fridge. There is such tremendous likeness to what we see there and to what we see when he or she is born. And in fact, there are statistics that show that the overwhelming majority of women who's, who, who see an ultrasound, who, who simply see reality in that way, who do not close their eyes to what is true, to what is real, but, but who see it, the overwhelming majority of women who see an ultrasound reject abortion. And abortion advocates, as you know, generally do not want pregnant women to look at these images. And the reason is because they want to hide the truth. An abortion advocate by the name of William Salatin wrote this. Ultrasound has exposed the life in the womb of those of us who didn't want to see what abortion kills. He says the fetus is squirming and so are we. Here's the tragic irony. Past generations knew much less about the capacities of preborn children at various stages of gestation and they protected them. Today we know far more and yet we do not protect them as a nation or as a state. For the fourth straight year, the reported number of abortions in Pennsylvania has increased. This past year, Pennsylvania reported the most abortions in our state in the last 10 years. Nearly 100 children die every day in our state alone. 100 children every day, Pennsylvania, from abortion. This past year, thousands of children in our state were aborted after three months of pregnancy and hundreds after five months of pregnancy. There's a, if you check out the table in the back that we have with books to give away, there's one thing that we have is a little pin of feet at 10 weeks to actual size and shape. It's 10 weeks. And so we... We cannot remain silent. We cannot remain apathetic. We cannot remain inactive. I have 
said before, and I truly believe, the day is coming when abortion will be seen by all as we now see gas chambers and slavery and lynching and sex trafficking. And we as a, as a church, as the people of God, want to be able to look back and say, we did our part. And so, friends, educate yourself about what abortion is. Develop biblical convictions. Pray for the unborn. Have compassion on women in crisis pregnancies. Those who are parents, teach your children about pro-life issues early. Help them to think biblically and to understand why Christians are pro-life. Learn, Christians must, must learn how systems of social injustice and oppression and inequality work. Speak up for the weak and the marginalized who cannot speak up for themselves, who cannot defend themselves. You might consider signing up for 40 days for life, consider marching for life. It is true that the most important marches are now state and local since the decision on abortion has been returned to the states. Our prayer is that in many ways, from many people, God would raise up champions for the cause of life. One of those champions is a woman by the name of Gita Swamidas. Uh, she was a young doctor in India when she first observed an abortion that another doctor was performing. There was a baby probably 12 to 13 weeks along, she says, that was taken from a woman and Gita could see the heart beating through the tiny chest wall and she said that she watched as the baby moved on a tray and the baby was struggling to breathe with underdeveloped lungs and then the baby was left to die. She saw it and she says that moment changed her life. And so a decade later in Orange, California, she opened the Living Well Clinic. This was in 1985. It was the first US pregnancy center to use ultrasound to confirm pregnancies and to allow people to see their unborn babies. It provided a window into the womb. There was one patient who came to her early on, a teenager. She came to the center in, in 1985. The girl was a youth ministry leader at a local church, and she was with a young man only once, but that one time left her pregnant. And Swamada said that the girl told her that she needed to have an abortion because she didn't want others at the church to know what she had done. And this young woman wanted to be given a biblical okay to get an abortion, but Swamadas refused. She says the young woman cried during the ultrasound because she saw a perfectly formed little baby alive inside of her. And Swamadas says that the girl eventually made the happy decision to confess what she had done to the Lord and to her church, and then she placed her baby up for adoption. In that story, Swamadas and the teenage girl and those who adopted, through their actions, all became champions in the cause of life. God is the giver of life, 
and he has given us in his authoritative word a window into the womb. And in Mary's womb, we see Jesus, we see the savior of the world. Why did he come? To rescue us from judgment, to bear in his body upon the cross the punishment that we deserve for our sins so that sinners like every one of us could experience and know forgiveness in his name. There is comfort in the name of Jesus. There is forgiveness, there is hope, there is healing, there is cleansing in the name of Jesus. Friends, have you confessed your sin and have you received this savior with joy? And then through this window into the womb, have you, I pray, have you, each one of you, developed strong biblical convictions and biblical passions regarding the sanctity of all human life in the womb? May we as a church continue to be faithful. May we continue to engage this issue with convictional kindness, with grace and truth. May we not grow weary in doing good, but be faithful to stand for justice, to stand with the God of justice, and to speak up for the unborn. Later this year, we celebrate our 40th anniversary as a church, and all year long, um, each week, we are sending videos to you. Quick show of hands, who has seen at least one of those videos? Okay, yeah, so we're sending them. You should be getting them. If not, I don't know, check your, your uh, what would it go to, a junk folder or something like that? Maybe it is, but you should be on the church email list. Members should be receiving this. And each week, we are sending another video, and we're gonna do that all year long. They're also on YouTube, so you can access them there. It is with great joy that I have watched these videos each week. And we will not normally show these in a Sunday service, in part given the, the length of them. But I wanted us to watch this Sanctity of Human Life video together so that we as a church can, can celebrate what God has done and so we can be envisioned for future labors as a church in this area. And so let's watch this together and then we'll sing a song to close the service. <laughs> 